Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the fusion between gospel word consummation and poetry. We, the poets, do solemnly promise to intentionally arouse your imagination, inspiration, and action. We, the poets, are willing to lay down our triumph and burdens and joy and anger, our artistry and befuddlement on paper, raw and uncut. We, the poets, surrender our pens to the Holy Spirit so that he may write, promising to move ourselves out of the way, foregoing the oohs and ahs for the audience, if this means a soul is procured for the kingdom. We, the poets, encased behind screens, laptops, phones, and earbuds, stand before you vulnerable as willing conduits, sharing how we got over, how it is to overcome, and sometimes how God is over us. We, the poets, take you, the listener, to be our family in Christ, to be held, to be held accountable from this day forward, for better or for worse, to pray in sickness and rejoice in health. According to God's instructions, we, the poets, therefore promise to be woke, informed, thorough, and studied, both this now and forever. Order. And you're listening to Ink and Pad, Poetry for the People, on RML Radio, where real music lives. Hello, Ink and Pad family. You are tuning in to Episode 6, the National Poetry Writing Month Edition. April 1st, National Poetry Writing Month will commence nationally and globally. And for the next 30 days, to and fro, we'll write a poem a day to build up their repertoire. So just to give you a little history on National Poetry Writing Month, I gleaned this information from www.pcc.edu. It says National Poetry Month was established in 1996 by the Academy of American Poets to celebrate the amazing wealth of emotion, humor, and human experience found in poetry. Held every April, it is the largest literary celebration in the world. 28 years now? I love participating in this. It helps to sharpen my writing skills. Am I always consistent with it? No. I'm not. I'm not going to front like I'm the best literary citizen right now. But previous years, I've been doing it since since 2012, actually. Yeah, I first heard about it when I, uh, when I was earning my master's at Antioch University for creative writing. And my specialty was poetry. So I just want to read a couple of poems. This will be a short episode. I almost didn't do an episode today because we have a concert going on at my church this weekend. So we're prepping for that. Life is lifing right now. Everything that can happen has been happening. But, you know, I've been keeping the faith. I've been holding on to God's unchanging hand as the seasoned saints would say. (laughs) And I honestly get that phrase now. You know, my grandma, you know, I tell her, how you doing, grandma? Well, you know, baby, I'm just holding on to God's unchanging hand. I was like, what? I get it now. I get it. I saw a meme today on Instagram that says, 
um, adult things I fully understand now. Ripping and running. It's always something. If it ain't one thing, it's another. <laughs> if you're outside of the United States, these are uh, colloquial or slang sayings, you know, that adults usually say when they're tired, exasperated. Like, say, for instance, ripping and running. You're not going to be ripping and running inside of my house. You know, like that means running in and out of the house, you know, without a purpose. You're just causing chaos going back and forth from outdoors to indoors. That is usually said to children. Another phrase, the other phrase we say is always something, meaning always something is going on. Always something is happening. Always something is bringing trouble or bringing frustration. And then the last one, if it ain't one thing, it's another. It's basically saying the same thing. You know, if one thing ain't happening, it's another thing. Every time I turn around, something is wrong. So, and I used to hear those phrases all the time as a little girl. And I get it. I totally get it now. So just, you know, me showing my age, child. As my granny would say, keep living. <laughs> and when she would say that, I didn't get it at first. But I say, I find myself saying it to my son, keep living. Because, you know, when I have different trials and tribulations or different situations, I need to solve the puzzle to he'll say something like, Mom, you're always going through this or something's always happening. It's like, son, keep living. You too will will experience what I'm experiencing. So, so yeah, just, you know, old to the, the seasoned saints of the world. So, yeah, I just want to share a few poems with you guys and then I'm going to read off the prompts for National Poetry Writing Month 23 and I chose these poems because it's been a lot happening you know if it's not you know this is not a political channel you know I don't have a political agenda or anything like that but as a poet I tend to speak on a lot of topics I call it pen activism at times, there was one point in time I used to always write about something that was going on in the community. Um, if you do not know, I am African American, so you can only imagine the stuff I had to write about. So this first poem I wanted to share, a National Poetry Writing Month poem, but considering, you know, all the police brutality that has been happening in the United States, um... And, you know, just a lot of things that are going on around the world that usually garner a hashtag of some sort. I can only speak out about my region, you know. Um, so this poem is called Evolution of a Hashtag. I was um, sleeping on the floor at my relative's home. And, you know, you hear it was in, you know, a rough neighborhood. You know, South Central Los Angeles. So if you know anything about South Central Los Angeles, child, it is rough over there. You liable to hear anything in the middle of the night. So, you know, the windows were open because um, it was hot. And, you know, I'm laying down trying to go to sleep. And I hear, you know, a situation between uh, African-American gentleman and the policeman. So even though his situation turned out well, I wrote a poem about it. And so when I heard that, 
you know, heard the exchange that was happening five stories below me, this poem emerged. It's called Evolution of a Hashtag. The terror in his voice was tangible. He dropped his phone and was pulled over according to the audible account he shouted into the loud darkness of the night. His clothes, skin, and sweat desperately rustled in the battle of fear and wills between a b-boy and the law. Fright and flight static, permeating premature spring heat. My heart pounding staccato prayers for the black soul encased in what-if visions of hashtags and protests. He attempts to make sense of his moment, saying anything that sounds convincing, punctuated with pleas and stir. Sutton wells for help escalate, as did pleading origins for bullets to remain dormant. Neighbors cowering out of sight in windows, recording, astonished, witnessing, and typing. Clan cars and ghetto birds disrupt dreams of sugar plums and angel kisses. He quickly taken away. We remind and instruct our man-child on what to do if it is you hugging duvets and blankets tight. Communal sighs weave through our concrete jungle. He was alive when he left. It was the spring time. It was a spring night. And um, yeah, I remember this night vividly. I didn't write the year down, but I know... Let me see, that was approximately seven years ago. Yeah, I've been out of that situation for four and a half years, and I was in the situation for three and a half. So, almost seven, eight years ago, seven and a half, eight years ago. Evolution of a hashtag. So, with that being said, with everything that is going on in the world, there was yet another school shooting. In Nashville and I pray peace to the families and victims I just want to do a couple of affirmative poems one to the men and one to the women this piece is called masterpiece actually this poem was written after evolution of a hashtag because I was so tired of writing about the plight of our black men in my community, I wanted to write an affirmative poem. And this is what transpired. It's called Masterpiece. You, sir, are a testament to the vision and artistry of the Most High God, and I affirm you magnificent. Not only are you a breathtaking glimpse of heaven, I champion you deeper than surface. You are intellectual, certified brilliant. Your greatness is often thwarted by gunshots, poverty, and prison, and your obstacles are ghastly and unwarranted. You fight to stay alive. You pay dues to a membership you didn't ask to pledge to. Branded inferior targets are blazoned across various parts of your anatomy. I'm sorry they're trying to convince you that you're worthless. I see the width of your shoulders periodically slump in defeat. I'm sorry that you sometimes believe them. You matter to me. I need you now more than ever. We sometimes clash because our passion for rights, injustice, and the right now oftentimes overlap and supersede our logic. I realize that I can be a bit harsh on you. That's because I fear they will win. I urge you, 
Allow me to pray and whisper you healed. I wasn't chosen or made from floating ribs. I am your true rib, sturdy and durable, meant and willing to support you while you regroup, recenter, and roar. A song high warrior, a song high warrior capable of leaving more than an impressive imprint in gray sweatpants. You, dear heart, can move globes without flinching. You are equipped to enact world changed. You are the archetype of leadership. I see you. From now on, I promise to be more patient. I promise not to just hear you, but I will listen. I promise not to judge you. You are not weak if you cry. Tears show strength and fortitude. They show you human with heart, compassionate and caring. We can do this. I got you if you let me. And even if you don't, I will cheer you from afar simply because you are a testament to the vision and artistry of the Most High God, and I affirm you, magnificent. Glory be. For men everywhere, but specifically for the brothers. This next piece came about, and which I'm actually going to have the person I collaborated with come on the show later couple of episodes from now to talk about the intersection of poetry and dance but this piece is for the ladies oftentimes we are browbeaten expected to do a million and one things and still come home and be a million and two things so I wanted to share this piece for the ladies it's called, I call it my she poem. It's called she, but I call it the she poem. She is formidable. An underestimated anchor, she is often called upon, but seldom celebrated. She pinterests her heart songs, stifle love languages, and is still treated less than. But this is not a poem about her woes. This is to remind her that she is globally needed. She is equal and capable. She is solution in spite of sexualized ideations and flights of misguided fantasies. Never trivial, she is both intentional and calculated. Be it for the betterment of her village or the demise of her foes, she is purpose-driven. She kisses life itself. God's perfect, God's perfect will is embedded in her womb. She is beyond miraculous, she is heaven. A queen whose crown was misshapen by battle chinks. Life burdens morphed her from help meet into help and her scepter shape shifted into spatulas and mops. She was never meant to run the house alone. She is a true rib. She might bend to keep the peace developing fissures and familial bruises, but her charge is to protect the family at all costs. She is their shield and buckler. At six, she is a nourisher. She cuddles baby dolls and teddy bears naturally feeding feeding all under she is a nourisher. She cuddles baby dolls and teddy bears naturally feeding all under her tutelage. She is best friend in middle school, a shoulder to cry on when he did best friend wrong. She is community and sister friend. Independent and submissive. She is a worshiper in melodic verses. The law of kindness, she is corporate soothing communion and fellowship she is his church his proverbs 31 
She is girded with strength and her merchandise is good. Her value is far beyond black opal and tazanite. Treat her as such. It is a dishonor to God and to yourself to mistreat the very breath of you. She is you. That's that piece. So yeah, just some pieces to encourage the men and women across the globe. So yeah, moving on to National Poetry Month prompts. I will post these prompts on my Instagram page. I will post these prompts on my Instagram page at Kayatana Writes. And that is at K-I-Y-A-T-A-N-A-W-R-I-T-E-S on Instagram. That is the home of Ink and Pad. You will find some of my poetry there. You know, internet pieces that I wrote specifically for Instagram, you know, to share. I usually do a prompt a day, but I do not have time for that this year. I ain't going to even play. I will have the prompts posted there. You can screenshot them um, and put them on your phone and you can follow them daily. You know, zoom in and zoom out. Um, I will read them out and you can refer to the um you can refer to this broadcast daily or you can do it in one sitting and write them down however you choose to do it you know but the prompts are available also at gzdod poetry ministry on instagram that is g-z-d-o-d-p-o-e-t-r-y m-i-n-i-s-t-r-y G-Z-D-O-D, Poetry Ministry. The prompts will be posted there as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, so, the prompts for this year are... Day one, write a poem to yourself yesterday. Write a poem to yourself from yesterday, if that make any sense. Look back at what you went through yesterday what happened to you yesterday, be it good, bad, or indifferent, write a poem about it. Encourage yourself, speak over yourself, chide yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Day two, write a letter to your shadow. That is a prompt from National Poetry Writing Month 2020. Day three, write a poem about how rain feels falling from the sky. Another writing prompt from 2020. Put yourself in the mindset of a raindrop falling from the sky. What would it say? How would it feel? Day four, write a poem about forgetting. Yet another prompt from 2020. Day five, write a poem about your purse slash wallet. Or whatever you keep your money in, whatever you keep your credit cards in, your anything important that you carry around with you that holds coins, money, uh, yeah, anything like that, write a poem about it. Write a poem about it. Day six, write a poem to your favorite slang or colloquial word. So every region has a word that is not necessarily in a dictionary or terms that are not ne- necessarily in the dictionary 
that are slang or colloquial, depending on what region you're from or what area you're from, that is the two terms I know that people call them. So, you know, if it's, if, you know, something you know your mom would probably pop you on the ear about or pinch your arm about, don't say that. You know, not a curse word, but something that is improper English, something that you would use amongst your friends. You know, like say, for instance, oh, that song is tight or um, what's another? Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um Okay, I'm going to date myself, you know, back in hip hop days when hip hop was just getting started, you know, when we thought something was good, it's like, oh, that's stupid fresh. So <laughs> I just dated myself like thoroughly, <laughs> but I'm a hip hop head. I'm a child of hip hop. So there's that. All right. So write a poem using your favorite slang slash colloquial word. Day seven, if windows in your car could talk, what would they say? Write the poem. Day eight, write an ode to your cell phone. I know everybody that got a cell phone can write this poem, even if you're not a poet. So no excuses. Day nine, write a numbers poem at minimum up to number five. So it will look like however you start the poem and then you would do a list. It's basically like writing a list. You know, especially in the spoken word community, everybody nine times out of 10 have a numbers poem. You know, I've been doing this since, Lord have mercy, specifically spoken words since 2008, I believe. And I do not have a numbers poem. Ooh, wee. So that is going to be the task for me. Okay. Day 10, write a line a day for seven days. That will be the poem. So you're going to start, you're going to pick whatever day. Actually, you are, so on day 10, you're going to write the first line of a poem. All right. The next day, you're going to write the second line of that same poem. Now, remember, you still got seven other subsequent prompts for the month, but you're going to write one line to that same poem for day 10 up until you get to day seven. Does that make any sense? So I hope that's explained well. If not, skip it. We are not going to overthink it, okay? But I thought that was a cool prompt. I got that prompt from Imagine Forest, 130 plus prompts. Day 11, write a poem about an item that is always close by you. That, that prompt is from nerdknowslife.com. Day 12, write a poem about how your computer keyboard feels as you type. I'm eager to write that one. That's going to be fun. Day 13, ladies, write a poem to Eve. Men, write a poem to Adam. I believe I did that one probably two years ago. But I found it apropos to include it in this lineup. Day 14, write a poem to your plate of food. Day 15, write a poem to the noise you hear when you cover your ears. Day 16, write a poem about conditional love. Not unconditional love, but conditional love. What I mean by conditional love meaning is that people are things that love you with rules and regulations versus 
unconditional love that says no matter what you do, no matter how you do it, you know, we may talk it out or like we like to say thug it out, ah, a slang word, a colloquial word, but we may thug it out. But at the end of the day, we're still friends. We're still family, you know, so that's unconditional love. Christ's love for us is unconditional. But there are people who have con- conditional love, who have rules. I love you only if I love you. You know, as long as you do for me or as long as you do this or as long as you do that. So write about that. Okay. Day 17. Write a poem about hashtags. This prompt is what inspired me to read this poem, Evolution of a Hashtag. Day 18. We're going to lighten the load. Give yourself permission to smile. Write a silly poem. Day 19. John eleven thirty-five in the Bible says... Jesus wept. Write the poem. Day 20. Write a poem to the moon. Day 21. Write a poem to your tears. Day 22. Write a poem about your favorite blanket. Day 23. Write a poem to your pillow. Day 24. Write a poem to the one person you need to forgive. This was inspired by a series we're doing on our Monday Night Live Bible study. And we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about, you know, controlling our anger and everything that comes with that. So, ergo the prompt. Day 25. Write a poem about news you have read or heard in the last 24 hours. This was kept from National Poetry Writing Month list that I did last year. It's, it's relevant. You will not hear the same news, hopefully. You will not hear the same news you heard this time last year. So it should be something different. Day 26. Write a poem about your favorite smell. Yeah, you got to really use your writing, your descriptives, and, you know, all the things to describe smell. So that one's challenging. Day 27. Write a poem to your teacher. If you were blessed enough to go to school, and I say that because I know that this podcast is going out to various countries. I had not even fathomed would even be listening. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening. I don't know what the situation is to the listener. So, but if you were blessed to go to school, write a poem to your teacher. Day 28, write a poem about your biggest fear. You don't have to share that poem, but to purge it from your system would be therapeutic for you, I think. I'm no expert. Day 29, write a poem to your brother or sister, if you have a brother or sister. If you do not have a brother or sister, write a poem to your favorite cousin, your best friend, etc. Okay? Day 30, write a poem to the month of April. Whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't have to be centered around National Poetry Writing Month. Either of those things. But you can write a poem to the month of April last year. Of course, this is the last prompt for the month. So, you know, you will have experienced April, God willing, by then. So you can write the poem to this year, April. Okay? So that is National Poetry Writing Month for 2023. I want to kind of think of something of how we can share some of you guys' poems. 
I haven't quite figured that out yet. I don't necessarily have a dedicated email or you could put it in my DMs on Instagram for Kayatana Writes. I'm going to figure it out by the next episode and I will share. Um, And then hopefully I can share some pieces from you guys. But yeah, so you have all rights to your poem. But it's something I would like to share. So I I don't know if I'll do a dedicated email or whatnot, but I'll figure out something by episode seven. Ooh, child, episode seven. Eh, that's so cool. Yay. Okay. Before we go, the book of the day is called Brutal Imagination by Cornelius Edie. And it is by G.P. Putnam and Sons are the publishers published in 2001 this book was one of my favorite books matter of fact i need to reread this again um this poem is made up of i'm reading the back brutal imagination is made up of two cycles of poems each confronting the same subject black man in white america the first cycle which carries the book's titles deals with the vision of the black man in white imagination narrated largely by the black kidnapper okay so this book cornelius ely basically is two things happening in this book um he's coming from the perspective of the if you remember the susan smith case who covered up killing her two small sons by blaming a black man He comes from the perspective of this imagined black man. When I tell you it is brilliant how he did that. And then the second cycle, Running Man, presents poems Edie drew on for his libretto for the music drama of the same name, which was a 1999 Pulitzer Prize finalist. The focus here is the black family and the barriers of color, class, and caste that tear it apart. And the title character represents every dreaming black boy who ever crashed into the limits set by white America. So the second cycle, Running Man, presents poems Edie drew on for his libretto for the music drama of the same name, which was a 1999 Pulitzer Prize finalist. All right, Mr. Edie. So, yeah, grab the book. Okay, so this fun fact I found off of www.factretriever.com. 31 Weird But True Poetry Facts. And this fun fact says poetry is one of the oldest forms of communication dating back to prehistoric times with hunting poetry in Africa and ancient Egypt. The oldest surviving epic poem is the Epic of Gilgamesh and dates from the 3rd millennium BC in Sumer. I pray I'm saying that correctly. In Sumer, which is now Iraq. The longest poem in the world is the Mahabharata. Yeah, the Mahabharata. And the epic poem is like a really long poem. There's a book either oceanic or sky foliage 
and it is literally one long poem, probably about hmm, 12 or so pages. And it is written by a woman. If I find this book between now and episode seven, I'm going to share it with you guys. Um, but yeah, that would be an epic poem. You know, it's just one long poem, like more than like three, four, five pages. So that is that. But until next time, I appreciate you guys. I thank you guys for tuning in. Please have a restful night, morning, afternoon, whichever time you're listening to this episode of Ink and Pad Podcast. And I will You are to listening you to Ink and Pad Podcast, Poetry for the People. Right on, y'all.